Hey, this is Reza. This is Sandy. Welcome to the Stone Cold Sober Podcast. Thanks for stopping by. Hello and welcome to the 257th episode of the Stone Cold Sober Podcast. See, and it feels weird to be recording on like the day before the episodes go out we've had so uh, many yeah <laughs> we've had so many like pre-recorded ones that this week and last week feels weird like oh we gotta we gotta get this going we're gonna have to do it again uh very soon like next week right because japan right or uh, china, china 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 yeah yeah um dude i'm looking at this uh this thing right now jamie pull it up no <laughs> clearly you've been uh, listening to joe rogan yeah you know how australia right now has like those massive massive wildfires going on yeah uh so that's on one side of the continent on like new south wales i think that's where like sydney is and all those places like that that part of uh australia i think on the east coast yeah i am looking at uh a massive hailstorm on the gold coast which I believe is on the opposite side of uh, the continent. And these are like bigger than golf balls that are flying down. I'm opening up right now, the link. It's like, I don't even know how you like do anything to save stuff. I guess you can at that point, right? I mean, do you see the guy's car getting pelted? It's just loading now. I don't like the video, the 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 Reddit video player. Sometimes uh, so slow. Whoops! Should I go to old? No, no, no. It, I I mine defaults to old. Gotcha. It's just the, it's just the video player in general. Yeah. Anyways, um, yeah. what is uh what's up with you? What have you been up to this week? Yeah. So a few things. Um. So I bought some new ram for my computer as well as a uh, a new solid state drive for my operating system as well as storage space so in the past i had i bought a solid state drive just a 256 gig one and that was about big enough for the operating system but not too much more than that and so there is this uh, drive called NVMe. I actually don't even know what it stands for, but it uses this M.2 port on the computer. So I bought one of those, uh, a terabyte of that, because last year when I bought this computer, and I or I bought the components to build this computer, um, flash memory was through the roof because crypto mining was still like super popular. But it was just on the tail end when when the uh, crypto mining, I guess, started to crash a bit. And so since then, f- prices of flash memory have dropped pretty tremendously. So just to give you an idea, because I didn't buy the solid state drive last year, but I bought RAM last year, right? So I bought 16 gigabytes of RAM uh, a year ago for about $150. I bought 32 gigs of RAM uh, a week ago for a hundred dollars so double the memory and fifty dollars cheaper and i also similarly got a terabyte of uh, hard drive space for about a hundred dollars so i finally was able to install those this weekend 
and it went pretty well. Or at least I thought it went pretty well. Um, the issue is really the I had two options. I could either reinstall Windows um, and I, I dual boot. So we reinstall Windows and Linux and reinstall all my programs or I could try to clone my hard drive. And cloning the hard drive is literally what it sounds like. It's basically taking the old hard drive where everything existed, copying it exactly onto the new hard drive. Um, but my old hard drive was a lot smaller. So on hard drives, there are what, what are called partitions. And it's basically the allocated space that's reserved for um, not even an operating system, but we'll just say for the sake of um, simplicity, the operating mm -hmm. system. And so my old one was 256 gigs. Let's just say that I had just Windows on it. I had 256 gigs allocated for Windows. Um, this one, of course, is a terabyte. So now I was basically cloning 256 gigs onto this new one. So that left 700 some gigs available um, that wasn't in use. The major issue is that because I have, I was dual booting and I had Linux as well, when you have these partitions, so imagine basically like a number line or just like a 2D line. When you have these partitions set up, you basically say, okay, the um, so the first, like say 50 gigs, you're gonna use for something, the next like 100 gigs, you're gonna use for something else, right? So well, the way I had it set up, we'll just, let's just say that I had a 200 gigabyte set up for Windows and I had 50, 50 gigabyte set up for Linux. Um, but I had a couple of other partitions, like the boot partition and a couple of other things, and it gets a little messy in there. But basically, Windows was on the far left of the system, and Linux was on the far right. And when I cloned the hard drive, it basically used only the 256 gigabytes that I had, and it left the 700 at the end. The issue was that I couldn't take those 700 and just like put them with Windows because it was on the far left, um, because Linux was after it. So I had to try to um, modify things a bit to get that um, Windows partition to be uh, expanded so that I can actually take advantage of those 700 gigs that I now had. And it ended up being a bit of a process um, because of the way the system recognizes how to boot itself. And so um, eventually I was able to get it working. Although as we just experienced beforehand, it turns out it wasn't completely perfect because my computer is now not booting. And so now we're recording on my laptop. But with that said, I'm really excited about being able to have that much space because in the past, basically I only I was only able to use my operating system on that solid state. And like a lot of the programs that I had installed or downloaded were all booting from a standard um, um, uh, hard drive, a hard disk. And so I wasn't able to take advantage of some of that like super quick um, load times, even like games, I was all I was all installing on a standard hard drive. Uh -huh. So now that I have a terabyte of space, I'm able to actually take advantage of it. So I'm really excited about that. Um, the other thing is, uh, and this is a much larger purchase, Lena and I have started looking at a new car or an SUV to, to be more specific for her. Really? Yeah. So to give you a little bit of background, Lena, Lena drives in a, a two-door um, Honda Civic Coupe from 2014. She actually bought this just after we started dating, probably like probably like, I don't know how many months, six months after we started dating. So she's been driving it for a good like six or seven years now. And like I mentioned, it's two doors. So it's a bit impractical with a baby, like getting him, him his car seat in and out of the back seat. Additionally, the amount of space between the, the, um, the back seat and the front seats is pretty low. And so if the car seat is behind, so we have the car seat behind the passenger seat, right? But if you have a passenger in the car, the passenger's knees are basically up against the the, uh, the dashboard. 
it's like it's wow. not not nearly enough space so it's very uncomfortable to have a passenger in her car when she's driving around so she actually doesn't drive around with gordon too often with other people in her car um typically like if she if she needs to go somewhere she'll go with her mom in her mom's suv or else i'll drive and i have a um i have an, a honda accord and there's just plenty of legroom back there it's which a, gives a nice the, honda accord <laughs> is it it's just a it's just a standard it's like the base model honda accord i feel like honda Accords now are just they're just nice yeah yeah i like it a lot i like mine a lot mm-hmm. um so we um so because of the practicality of everything we we need to start looking into a new vehicle for her and we're probably going to be looking at s well no not probably we are looking at suvs we were going to go yesterday but we ended up getting a bit caught up. Um, we, weren't, we weren't able to make it to to any dealerships to look at any cars. But we have been looking online at a few different cars, and there's only so much research that you could do online before you're like, yeah, I need I need to like sit in it, I need to drive it, and just feel it because I think that's probably where the final decision is going to be made. And the the we she doesn't like it's a, it's a large purchase, right? <laughs> so. Um, you know, a, a, a few ten, tens of thousands of dollars. And so, you know, we're trying to, she she doesn't want to spend the money, um, but it is something that needs to be done. So we, um, we've we done the, we've done some research online, but we just need mm-hmm. to get behind the wheel and just kind of feel what they, what these cars feel like, because. How many, how many do you feel like you're willing to go through? So we're, so we're looking at the Hyundai Santa Fe, the uh, Honda CRV. And uh, the Toyota Rav Four; those are kind of like the three primary ones that we're that we're uh, considering. Those um, seem like they're also way different in size, no? Yeah, the CRV I think is the largest of them all. Really, the, the Rav- CRV? I think so. Yeah, I'm uh, not sure in terms of like cubic cubic feet or whatever, but I, I thought think the Rav Four was bigger. It's pretty. The the Rav Four is pretty. Uh, I don't know. It's it's they're they're all very they're all pretty similar overall. Mm-hmm. Um, so like it's it's like the mid-size suv not not like the certainly not driving around in like a, a range rover or, or escalate or something like that um or even even like a um the honda pilot is still is a little bit bigger one of the ones that i was interested in was the kia serrano but that was actually like because it's primarily going to be lane's car uh, we are going to split the purchase but it's primarily her it's going to be her like you know daily her right. daily vehicle too. So, um, and and one of the main reasons is because my car is stick, and she can't. Not main reasons, but another reason for this purchase is because my car is stick. When we when we drive around with Gordon, she can't drive my car. So like when it's the three of us, or if there's a fourth person in the car too, we're always taking my car, and therefore I'm always the driver. And I don't mind driving. I like I love driving. So, um, but she she would definitely want to be able to to do some driving too. So. The uh, the Serrano was just a bit too large for her for like you know just getting you know being able to just like whip into a parking spot to have to like think about it in a, in a larger car you you know you'd rather not have to do that and I totally understand that so the um whoops the uh the prices of of the three cars are more or less in line with one another there are a couple of features that we do want to get um. Like she, she really wants to get like a remote start feature, and that is just super helpful when it's like this time of year, and you don't want to have to run outside and start the car before work. Yeah. 
and 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 especially for her you know she's got to if she's got to be somewhere at a certain time and if she has to feed gordon it's it's pretty much impossible for her to get outside and start her car so to be able to just start the car from inside the house would be would be great for her um so we're looking at we're, we're not looking at like so like that is what probably like a mid-tier feature so we're not looking at like just the base models but um still something that's pretty affordable it's mm -hmm. it's pretty crazy the type of like what we what you and i might think of as luxury features in cars are pretty standard nowadays for like, example so certainly the remote the remote to start feature like that's not something that i really would have imagined getting back in the day and that that you know you don't even you don't even need to break thirty thousand dollars to get that in a car um the uh heat, heated seats that's another one as well as um like the backup camera my car has that and it's i think it has to be standard in all cars nowadays that that backup camera so like just things like that they're all pretty standard and pretty basic features but like 10 15 years ago those are things that you would only find in like those higher end like bmws or mercedes yeah. things like that so that's kind of what i'm getting at so um we actually haven't had a chance to go to any dealerships yet we're probably not gonna be able to make it today and i don't even think they're open on sundays anyway so we'll probably have to try again next week but the idea was to try to get in there um in the last um quarter of the year because this is when a lot of dealerships got to hit their numbers you know they they have they have monthly numbers they have quarterly numbers and they, i think they also have yearly numbers and so if we can get in at like towards the end of november we feel like that could be a good time to get a good deal on, on one of these cars so that's the hope at least that's really that's really interesting i did not know that dealerships had monthly numbers quarterly numbers yearly numbers i didn't and know about the quarterly or yearly ones i always thought it was just monthly oh monthly then but what's interesting about that though is yeah like you like you're trying to do if you time it right yeah um that's like one sale for them could hit a couple of bits of numbers and i'm wondering how motivated they would be to give you a good deal yeah so there was a lot of this comes from i think it was a this american life episode it's probably like two three years old at this point uh, when i first heard it at least but it was this guy it was these uh, they were doing a profile of, of car dealerships and the idea was let's say they were like a chevy dealership right and it was just some random month they needed to sell a bunch of cars and i think their number was like 148 or whatever it was for the month right so they're trying to hit 148 cars and as it gets close to the end of the month they're really trying to hit this and the 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 significance of this number this 148 again i don't think that was the actual number but let's just say that that was so the significance of the 148 was basically if if the dealership sold that many cars chevy would give them a bonus more or less mm -hmm. and that bonus would be a substantial amount of money so for the dealership if they needed to they could sell a car at a loss because the loss that 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 they would take on would would easily be outweighed by that bonus so mm -hmm. if, you're, if you're like the last day of the month, you haven't hit that number and you're, you're uh, you know, one away, you have a lot of power as a buyer because they will pretty much part with that car for a lot less than they, they otherwise would because they need to get rid of it. Now, of course, as a buyer, you have no idea what their numbers, like where they are for their numbers. And if they happen to have hit those numbers already, then they have no incentive whatsoever to sell you a car um, for less than what it's worth because they already hit their number um but 
we uh we would be hopeful at least like not going in there toward the like on the 30th if we go in there a little bit earlier and they're just trying to make sure that they get they're, they're within you know a certain amount of that of that um of their their monthly or quarterly or yearly number then um they might be willing to part with it for a little bit cheaper than they otherwise would i hate the whole process of car negotiation or just negotiation negotiating prices in general why is that some so when i was when i had to buy a car right i bought my car um oh you know what i said latest car was a 2014 civic it's actually a 12 2012 civic mine's a 14 accord so i bought my car in 2014 right yep and i was had I there to buy with you when you picked it up what's that was wasn't i there with you when you picked it up or was it after you got serviced or something i think it must have been after it got serviced because i bought it i got it here in delaware I'm not sure. I think I got it like right after work one day. So I don't gotcha. think you were. Yeah, I don't think you were with me then. Okay. Um, so I, uh, I, I had to. So I was driving a 2004 Honda Civic, and I took it in to get service one day. They they replaced the um, they they um, like they they had to like replace the coolant in the radiator. The next day I was driving, and all of a sudden my check engine light comes on. And after taking it back to the service shop, they were like, yeah, your um, your radiator has a crack in it. And, and basically, I leaked coolant fluid all over the floor. The engine overheated and the uh, the engine got warped, basically. Oh, my God. And so they were like, you need a new engine. <laughs> so uh, and the cost of the engine was like they, they claimed my car was worth thirty five hundred dollars. Um, after this happened, they, they, um, they were saying that the engine was going to cost about $3,000 to replace. My engine had, I think 60, maybe 70,000 miles on it. They were trying to replace my engine with like an engine that had a hundred and something thousand miles on it. And they were saying that that was going to cost $3,000 to do. So what'd you so say? I said, no, the, the car effectively was totaled at that point. Right. And, and here's the thing that pissed me off. They were like, yeah, the engine was the, they were like, has the car ever been in an accident before? And I was like, yeah, like, like seven years ago. They were like, yeah, sometimes there can be um, damage that would just take time to to show itself. They were basically saying that they, when they replace the coolant, they do it under um, under pressure. And they were claiming that the pressure could have uh, stressed the metal of the radiator. And when I was driving along, basically, I could have hit a crack and it, ca- it could have caused or I could have I could have hit a bump on the road, which would have caused a crack in the radiator to occur and and lose all that coolant which would then cause my car to overheat and they were basically saying this that it wasn't their fault and i had no i had no way of like saying oh um you know it was i had no way of proving them wrong like i i didn't do anything about it so anyway what i had to do that at that point was i needed a car like immediately I needed that car to get to and from places, you know, to and from work, um, to classes at the time I, th- I was still taking. So I needed a car as soon as I possibly could get one. And so I needed to start negotiating. And so I would go in and I knew, with, I knew um, about the size of the car that I wanted was like that Accord um, Mazda 6, that like Kia, um, what, Optima? Is it the Kia? Yeah, I think the, the Kia Optima, that type of size. And so um, when I was negotiating, I knew where the with, with the car like you know the msrp would be let's just say like twenty two thousand mm-hmm. dollars i would try to get them i would try to get them down a little bit sure and so the dealership where i had got my car serviced which um 
resulted in my car breaking was uh, Scott Honda in Westchester, Pennsylvania. Yep. When I went to them, it's like, okay, well, you know, let's see what you guys can do for me, right? I just gave you guys like $600 to service my car, and the next day the car broke. Um, you know, are you going to give me a good deal on a car? And I'm sitting there negotiating with them, and they're only coming down just like a few hundred dollars. And and, she, and the dealer asked, you know, well, what's the number that I had in mind that I was trying to get to? And I said a number, you know, whatever it was like 20 something, like 20,000 ish. She's like, oh, you got to go. You, you can't. There's no way we can part with this car for that much money. You're going to have to drop down and like, you know, consider getting maybe a Honda Civic for that amount. And I was so furious because, again, I'm not saying that it was definitely their fault. But the car was literally in your hands the day before my car broke. And now I don't have a car. Like, can you help me? Can you can you help me get a car? So anyway, um, I ended up getting an um, there was a, you know, Edmunds.com. I had it. They had a tool. Uh, I think other 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 sites have this type of tool. They basically have partnerships with with dealers across the nation. It's called Price Promise. And basically, you give your email address and phone number, and you um, they'll basically do it, give you a negotiated price for you. And if, if you really like that price, the dealership will honor the price. So I like click some dealership in like Philly, and they like a number comes up, and it's like for a Honda Accord with exactly what I want is like it came up as like nineteen thousand something dollars, which was crazy cheap. I was like, I want that now. And right. sure enough, the dealer calls me the next day, and they're like, yeah, they'll, they'll honor that price. Unfortunately, that dealership was like 30 or 40 miles away in the opposite direction of work. So I called the one in Delaware near my office, which I could just walk to, and asked if they could just match the number that I had from this other one. And sure enough, they were. I decided, of course, not to go to the to the one in um, in Westchester. But the whole thing was like this is a this the price that I got this car for was almost like a thousand dollars cheaper than what I thought I could get it for, and none of the dealers were willing to ever come down to that number or like even like they were they were never able to get to the number that I wanted. They were always like five hundred to a thousand dollars more, and they made it seem like I was like I was being ridiculous for asking to get this car for that amount of money. All of a sudden, I go to some website, and the websites, yeah, the website says, "Oh, this is the number that they're going to part with this car for," and all of a sudden, anybody can match it because it, it's better for them to make that sale, even if they're taking it at a loss. What's well, yeah, and that certainly speaks to the concept that you were just sharing of, oh, people are willing to part with the car for less if they have the quota. Yeah, exactly. Um, Very cool. I yeah. did not know that. The worst part of it, actually, at the end of the day, was when I when they um they were trying to give me the financing for the car. They ended up so Honda has their own finance um, department, and so they did a, a credit check on me, and then they came back with some num- with some percent APR, and they also gave my information to several banks, and they were like, "Oh, what what type of offer can you give him?" They did it with like four different banks. So I had like five hard pulls on my account. Oh, dude. And they never asked me, like, at least as far as I'm aware, they didn't ask me, oh, are you fine getting these many pulls? Because those were in my credit history for two years. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I never needed it. I never needed a loan or anything like that. 
after that period of time. But I'm just thinking now when Lane and I prepare to buy a car, I want to make sure like, hey, either we get our own loan beforehand from a bank or we make sure we're only doing like one because presumably like we could be trying to buy a house within two years. And I don't want the, I don't want these hard pulls on our account showing up affecting our credit score. I wonder uh, if you were to go through that again, if the we'll call it the the text or the the warning is something that they hid or something that was like hard for you to find while you're going through the flow. I can't imagine it being something that they can legally not tell yeah, you. You're right. You're going to have hard pulls. Yeah, I probably just was unaware. I just at that time. I was probably just too much of a novice about this stuff. Like they very well could have told me and I just brushed past it. Like, I don't care. That's fine. Do what you got to do. But nowadays I think I'd be able to pick up on that a lot easier. Just be like, Hey, I know, I know what I'm, I know what is required at this step. So just pay attention. I'll definitely be doing that. That's very, uh, that's very true. Yeah. Bless you. Thank you. Um, so one thing that brings up is I had to design a flow for people to purchase uh, internet on our website. And okay. one of the things that we were always really adamant about and very conscious about is communicating whether or not it was a, a soft or hard pull and also letting people know the differences between a soft and a hard pull. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, you can't buy internet service right now without uh, a credit pull. Um, and that extends to all the major providers out there. And so this idea that you can buy, uh, there's this idea that you, you know you should be able to like search for all the internet plans in your area in like a, like a Google flights kind of way. Right. But similar to the position you found yourself in, you don't also want to do that, do that at the risk of like five simultaneous hard pulls. Exactly. Like, can you imagine like, I just want an internet and then like yeah. AT&T <laughs> pulls you, Verizon pulls you or whatever. Uh, yeah. if, if it were, um, if, it, if they were hard pulls, that'd be really tough. Yep. So, yeah, man. You've been grinding lately at work, man. I have been. Well, been the reason why I've been... your butt off. Yeah, the reason why that has been the case is leaving for, for China in like a week and change. And there's just a lot of work that needs to be done before I leave uh, in order to do all that. It's just uh, needing to... Just need to make sure that things are in a good place when I hand them off. Yeah, yeah. And we're just uh, we're we're trying to get a lot of stuff done at work right now, and so it's you know the the China trip certainly came up way faster than I thought it would. And time's been uh, flying lately, hasn't it? Yeah, I mean it's the end of the year. I mean we're mid November. That that's crazy to me. Not only is it mid November, it's the end of the decade. Gosh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Right. When you put it like that, right. Yeah, right. Uh it's just it's it's crazy because you, you just you know, you try and put your head down a little bit and uh, just try and take advantage or take 
take care of the things that are in front of you and you don't you don't pick your head up the next thing you know it's like oh it's uh it's another decade yeah i know next yeah, thing it is. the next time we do this and we have this exact conversation about it being the end of the decade gordon's gonna be like yo you suck at whatever <laughs> video game you're playing <laughs> i don't think so yeah you better not be you're only 10 years old man can you imagine can you imagine a 10 year old gordon just like just run and train on whatever you're trying to play like some br game they're all playing he's just like he's the one that's doing all this crazy stuff i'll tell you what i'm a lot more aware of the types of games that are out there and i would know with the content that's in that's in these games i think within i think i i I think i should still be aware of those things in 10 years you best believe gordon's probably not playing most of those br games at that at that age no yeah i mean i let me think like what what games were you playing at 10 years old what, what games, games were, were available I at ten? At 10 I didn't like the, the PlayStation. The PlayStation and the Nintendo sixty four were out at that time. So I think at that age, I maybe I may I must have. Yeah, they were definitely out at that time. So at that age, I was probably playing games like Final Fantasy. Um, I, I guess GoldenEye. I must have been playing GoldenEye at that time. So that would have been the first shooter that I that would I would have ever played. Um, so would I let him play Fortnite then if I was playing Goldeneye? I guess I would. But the thing with the thing with the thing is the whole online communication aspect of it. You know, when oh, they say God. oh ESRB can't rate the the uh, whatever interactions that you have online. Like that's the thing. I can't like I might be aware that that. Oh, Gordon's not going to be able to communicate with the people that he kills or that kill him, right? Because you know you get killed, people rage and they start calling you names and things like that. So if I know, oh, that he can't hear that, I'm like, oh, cool, right? However, the issue is going to be with when he wants to play with his friends or when he meets people online. Like that, that is the major, the major problem. Yeah, you're right. You can't, you can't really. rate the online experience and the last thing you want is uh to expose him to something that somebody said online it's similar to like walking down the street and like uh seeing like a, a homeless person do something or someone on the street say something that you're like uh i don't really felt i don't really feel like he needed to be exposed to that exactly so i don't know it's there are so many there's so many um there's so many thoughts or questions or whatever. I don't know. Like I, I have to. F- I don't know how you know when is a good time to to when is the time that you're allowed to expose your child to something. I mean, I don't know if there's an easy way to figure that out. I just feel like you're gonna find out the hard way, which is ah, uh, that was probably the the, the not thing to do. <laughs> like Bill Simmons allowing his kids to see just about any movie whenever yeah. they want. Yeah. I, I just listened. I just listened to the Shining one. The oh yeah, watchables, and his dad let him see that when he his dad took him to see that when he was ten years old. Yeah, I mean, I remember seeing movies young because my there wasn't a babysitter, mm. so they would just like cover your eyes during moments. I see. Yeah. Um. Last last thing before we head out of here, you talked about exposing uh your kids to stuff. I went to the office yesterday. Yeah. And uh, on my way in. Uh, I'm waiting for the train and I get on the train and 
it's like a ton of people are on it. I was like, oh, it's like one of those, like, uh, we'll call it tourists. A lot of these British tourists. And all of a sudden, a wave of smell hits all of us in the car. And then we found out that on the far end of the subway train car that we were all in, there was a homeless person that was laying down across the uh, the seats, and then he started uh, shitting himself. Ooh. Yeah. And so... Oh boy. So we, we all left the uh, the train shortly afterward, but I think there's also two kinds of people in a situation like that. Well, there's multiple kinds of people, but the two people, two types of people I'm calling out are the people who just put like their scarf over their nose and just like put their head down and just left. Yeah. And then these British tourists who were like screaming at the top of their lungs and like making a big scene out of it. And I was like, do you guys really feel like it's necessary to, at the top of your lungs, be screaming about how it smells like absolute garbage in here right now? And like, <laughs> you're like, just talking about like how dirty the New York City subway is and how, how could they let this happen and all that stuff. It's just like, you're going to I mean, come. How can you let this happen? You're going to, right. You're going to come across the ocean and you're just going to, you're just going to like talk trash about our subway like that. I don't know. I felt like a weird point of pride to be like, if you don't like it, you can get off. <laughs> you know, like if yeah. you if you really don't like it, you can leave. Like you you don't have to be here. Um, but uh, anyways, that's I just remember that happening. I was like, oh, on my way in, I was like, it hit you, it hit you like a like a wave, and all of a sudden it was just like it felt it was like it was uh, all encompassing. Yeah, not ideal, as it were. <laughs> yeah, I guess so, right? Yeah. Anyways, um, I say we leave on that note. <laughs> You're welcome. Just no, not no flowers, no no nice smelling things. Just just poop. Nah, that's nah. It. that's how we're. I living. mean, that's that's really one of the 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 constants of this podcast. Yeah, yeah. You and the poop stories. Yeah, I've, I've uh, always got them. Somehow. Yeah. All right. Well, on that note, I am Reza. I'm Sandy. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you guys next week.